And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking strictly fantasy football today. I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are heavy into their draft season. We got 13 days until the NFL season uh, kicks off. It's fantasy season. Everyone might already be doing drafts. You might be in multiple leagues. So we're going to kind of give you some information to help you in those leagues. And no one else would do with them. One of the OG fantasy writers. He's been doing it for a very long time. He is a senior fantasy analyst at Sports Illustrated. He also has shows on Sirius XM Radio, Talking Fantasy. Michael Fabiano is with me. Michael, how are we doing? I'm good, man. It's um, heavy draft season. It's like every day is a draft. Uh, it, isn't it crazy that like September is almost here? I feel like I just took down my Christmas tree, and uh, <laughs> now I'm getting ready for the kickoff of a new season. It's crazy. Um, preseason games are wrapping up. Like we're the mm-hmm. uh, roster cut down days are on Tuesday. We got like three thousand people losing jobs across the league. I really like this year. I don't know if you've kind of noticed this, the the cut down from ninety to fifty three. I like mm-hmm. it a lot better than when they do like the, the seventy to fifty three. I think it gives more excitement at least for uh, for roster cut down day. Um, my first question to you is going to be kind of pretty generic here. What is different from this year in fantasy that you noticed compared to other years? easily the rise of the wide receivers easily. Uh, I have always been a running backs guy. I dating back to, you know, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, like Wade Marshall, um, LT. I've always wanted running backs. I have started more drafts without a running back in the first four to five rounds than I ever have before in my life. Cause I always wanted to get at least one or two good running backs in the first four or five rounds, but I'm not doing that this year. Uh, especially in full point PPR leagues. I'm just loading up on wide receivers. Maybe I'll get, you know, an early quarterback, just Jalen Hurts, or uh, if I wait a few more rounds, maybe like a Justin Fields or a, a Justin Herbert. Uh, and when I look at the running back position, I am willing to take a risk on there's like a group of players who have risk reward tags like Javante Williams, uh, James Conner, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad White, players like that. You know, and I don't mind having those guys as my one and two if my top three receivers are all studs. I mean, I just did a draft last night. That was a 12 teamer. And I mean, my top three wide receivers are just, you know, ridiculous. I think my third receiver is Devonte Smith. And uh, I, you know, I ended up getting Tyreek Hill and uh, I think it was maybe AJ Brown. I don't remember, but I've had so many drafts, but I, I like that build. And I'm hoping that, the same thing doesn't happen this year that happened a few years ago. Remember when everyone jumped off the, the running back bandwagon yep. and everyone went on wide receivers and then the wide receivers tumbled and running backs kind of reemerged. But the running back position has gotten a little older. You know I mean? Like guys like Zeke, we can't count on anymore. Fournette is not even signed. Kamara is suspended and he's not the same back. So uh, Dalvin Cook is going to be in a committee. So it's a different world. Even like some of the top running backs – like Saquon Barkley, the Chargers were gave him permission to seek a trade earlier this year, right? And he's going to be one of the highest running backs drafted. Josh Jacobs isn't even – he led the league in scrimmage yards last year. He's not even on uh, – he's not even signed yet. He hasn't even been at camp. So yeah. running back position has taken a hit. And this kind of leads well into my next question before we kind of dive into some players and whatnot. There's a lot of strategies kind of that sh- – I feel like the fantasy strategy uh, heading into a draft is becoming – more prevalent, like the, the zero RB strategy. I think the hero RB strategy. I think there's a few others that, I, that I'm forgetting here. What do you make of like heading into a draft with something kind of in the back of your mind going, we're not taking any running backs at all, no matter how it goes. We're only taking running backs, um, no matter what, how it goes. How do you feel about these kind of fantasy strategies that are kind of circling the waves? 
I think it's good to have a strategy going in, but you also have to be able to audible. I, I don't think you go into a draft thinking, I am not drafting a running back in the first four or five rounds. What happens if somebody tremendous falls to you at some point? You're going to just pass on them just to be stubborn? Like It all depends on the flow of the draft for me. So if I see Josh Jacobs still there in the fourth round, then I feel like I'm going to take a chance on him and I'd rather go after him than a, you know than a Justin Fields or uh, you know a Lamar, then that, that's that's what I'll do. Uh, it all depends on the flow of the draft. It really does. You're going to have to alter your strategy nine times out of 10. Uh, the one that you come into the draft, maybe you'll start utilizing that as a foundation, but after a few rounds, things change, you know, um, th- there could be a run on a certain position where you want to jump on that run or you want to kick that run down the road. Like for example, tight end, I was in a draft earlier this week. I'm not even kidding you. There was a run of five tight ends in the seven picks and the best tight end available after that run was like Pat Fryermuth. So I'm like, well, okay, I'm not, I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in there. You know, I mean, if, if like, you know, if Goddard was on the board, you know, uh, may Evan, even, even Evan Ingram, who I don't think is going to be as good this year, maybe I would have gone in that direction, but it, it, it's all about audibling during your draft and uh, following the flow of the draft. Okay, let's dive into some players. So full disclosure here, I'm going to be selfish. I'm in three leagues this year, and they're all half PPR, 12-team leagues. So the questions <laughs> that I'm throwing your way are very Brendan Deeg-esque, if that makes sense. But uh, okay. I'm sure it will help everyone else because I'm assuming that's that's kind of the popular one, right? Half PPR, 12-team, is that kind of the, the most popular so, lead format? I prefer full-point PPR, but that's just okay. me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, half-point, I don't know what the breakdown is, but I'm, it's probably right up there with, with full-point. And 12-teams, yeah. I, but there's a lot of 10 team leagues mm-hmm. and, you know, like a lot of people would be like, Oh, 10 team leagues. It's too easy. Dude. I mean, we've got a lot of people who are playing fantasy football. Not everybody's not everyone has a bunch of friends ready to go yeah, and hop in a league. Exactly. Right? They yeah. want to play in a 10 team league. I play in a 10, te- I play in a couple of 10 team leagues. I guess I have people who run those leagues who don't want it to be 12 yeah. because they like higher scoring matchups. They like having players on the waiver wire. I mean, like it's, you know, some people are like fantasy elitists out there and I don't like that. Um, most of the leagues I do play in are 12, but I'm in a bunch of 10 too. Okay, so let's just start at the top. First overall pick, Michael Fabiano. If you are holding 101 in a draft, who you take it? I'm going to take Jefferson. And this is the first time that a wide receiver has been the consensus number one since I think 2015, 2016. Like I was Antonio Brown. And he actually ended up finishing as the number one wide receiver that year. So uh, he was well worth it, uh, even though now he's kind of a knucklehead. But I, <laughs> I'm going Jefferson, and honestly, I've got Jefferson Chase, McCaffrey, and then either Cup or Tyreek. Some people are a little bit worried about Cup because of the hamstring, which is fine, Uh, and then uh, Eckler. But a lot of wide receivers going in round one, especially in the top five. So will McCaffrey be your first running back off the board? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm, (laughs) I'm doing that. I'm a little superstitious. I love trends, and I like to follow them. So... The last three years, the consensus top player has been a running back. And the last three years, that running back has tanked. He's either gotten hurt, McCaffrey twice, or last year hurt and just wasn't good, Jonathan Taylor. So I don't want to put Austin Eckler as the number one running back because he's a good buddy of mine. And uh, I don't want to jinx him like that. So I put McCaffrey up there. (laughs) He's actually a really well-spoken podcaster. I was listening to some Eckler stuff. Austin's um, an awesome dude. Yeah. Really great guy. And he gets the whole fantasy thing. Yeah. Good. Job. I, I hope he has a great season. Okay. So something I realized when I was going through your rankings, 
you have Saquon Barkley, the consensus, a lot higher than other than other people around the around the NFL. He's your RB three. Explain your reasoning why you're so high on Saquon. Well, Saquon is coming off a massive statistical season, and I know that the couple of years before that he was a little bit banged up. The Giants' offense is going in the right direction under Brian Dayball. We saw that. Now they have Darren Waller in the passing game. Really, I don't think Saquon's at risk to see any sort of statistical regression unless he gets hurt. Uh, I really don't. I mean, he's still the centerpiece of that Giants offense. And so having him at three, I don't I don't think that's a stretch at all. Um, I, you know, I have Nick Chubb at four. I have Bijan at five. And Saquon at three, I, I don't know why people are down on Saquon. He's 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 got to have a good year. If he wants to get paid, and you know how hard it is for running backs to get paid, he better have a good year because if he gets hurt, or the numbers go down, that's going to make it even harder for him to make a case to get paid next year. And the Giants are going to use him like he's their offense. Yeah, right? dude, I mean, he's in the prime yeah. of his career. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, let's stick on the running back train here. Let's talk. I think this is probably the the biggest question mark for every every team's draft is or every team heading in is, what do we do with Jonathan Taylor? He was 101 last year, basically, in 95% of drafts. He was the right pick. If you were, I'm, I'm guessing you probably would have consulted someone to take him first overall. Yeah. Of course, it didn't work, no right? It, it happens. Um, but he is currently uh, seeking a trade. The Colts have granted him permission to to look to move elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He is kind of, I think he's labeled as like a late second round pick on most rankings, maybe early third. But Michael, if you're attacking, if you're, Thinking about taking Jonathan Taylor, what plan should you have um, in your mind with Jonathan Taylor heading into a draft? The draft I was in last night, he went end of third round. I've seen him go in the fifth round. And to be honest with you, I hope he gets traded because if he stays in Indianapolis, I don't know what's going There's Unless they can kiss and make up, it's just an ugly situation. It really is. I mean Mm – it got ugly quick, you know, Ursay saying the things that he said and, and, you know, Jonathan Taylor's representation. And let's be honest with you. This could blow up in JT's face because the Colts allowed his people to seek a trade. If they can't find a trade partner that, and this is the whole uh, completely hypocritical part of this whole thing is that the Colts don't want to pay him like an elite back, but they want to get compensation for an elite back, which is stupid. Uh, and I, I love running back, so I'm annoyed about the whole situation. But if you're going to draft Jonathan Taylor, you better do it knowing that you're risking your RB1 spot and there isn't a handcuff where you don't know who the handcuff is. I mean, it seems like it's Deion Jackson right now, but, you know, when Zach Moss comes back, you know, the, I, I don't know. And if he gets traded, where does he go? Miami, that, I'd like that. Buffalo, I mean, I wouldn't like it for my James Cook shares, but, I mean, that's a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, there's not a lot of teams, and I guess there were six teams that they were talking about that had made inquiries. I'm guessing, you know, like I was thinking about, it, I'm like, well, which teams would those be? You know, Miami would probably be one of those teams. I think definitely would be one of those teams. I think Buffalo might be interested. I mean, would Kansas City want to go there? Um, you know, their salary cap situation is kind of crap, but mm-hmm. um, you know, would the Buccaneers want to go there? Uh, and, you know, with, what about the Vikings? I, I don't know, but I hope he gets traded. No matter where he gets traded, for the most part, he's going to be a feature back uh, because you're going to have to pay him like a feature back. But there's some situations out there where if he ends up landing on a team, you're like, all right, you know, he goes to Buffalo. I like it. Is he going to lose goal line work to, you know, Josh Allen? Is he going to lose those opportunities? Because Allen likes to run the ball near the goal line. Uh, there, it, it, The Colts is, you know, 
the perfect scenario, but I don't know that it's going to happen. And the problem too is if they can't find a trade partner, then what are the Colts and uh, going to come to Jonathan Taylor's people and say, well, we we told you to, you know, you can go try and seek a trade. Nobody wanted him. So what does that tell us? Play under your current contract. Yeah. I don't think Jonathan Taylor can hold out. Like you can't, you can't pull a levy on Bell. You just can't do it. But I don't know, man. Like, just it's it seems like a a really sketchy situation. Like I have no shares of Jonathan Taylor on purpose, and I could have easily gotten them in drafts in the fourth round. And I just, and maybe I'll be wrong. I just don't want to mess with that situation. Like Jacobs, so- I'm I'm not as worried about. I think ultimately he'll play. But Jacobs is going to come with regression. Like he's not rushing for that many yards again. Like he's coming off a magical season. So you, you can't draft him as like a high RB one. I mean, he, right now he's going probably as a high two and that's where he mm-hmm. should go. So is he complete stay away from you to like round four or five? Like just don't Taylor or, or, or Jacobs? Taylor. Taylor. Uh, Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. I'm not touching him. I, yeah. I, if he's on the board at the end of round four, beginning of round five, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. If you're like me, you are tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dang Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor, and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And, of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code B-D-E-E-G-S-T. That is B-D-E-G-S-T for 25% off. That, again, is B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off your order at SweatTaylor.com. Okay, so I am picking eight in my fantasy draft, uh, the one that I got this weekend. And I'm pretty set on taking Bijan Robinson if he's there um, at eight. Where, how high would you take Bijan if you're if you're um, if you're a fantasy draft or, or fantasy team owner? And what's your expectations for this? Because rookie running backs have historically, especially top ten pick rookie running backs historically, have done pretty well in really fantasy. Well. Um, yeah, really so well. and Bijan's one of the best rookie running backs to ever come out. Um, of the NFL draft, one of the most talented guys. I could see him popping off. I, I'm I'm sold on him. Hit me with your kind of Bijan Robinson take heading this year. The the only running back drafted in the top ten who hasn't finished in the top ten in fantasy points uh, is like CJ Spiller in the in, in recent <laughs> years. That's the only guy. Everybody else, Gurley, Zeke, Barkley, all, like all of them, have finished in the top ten. Uh, and, and there's more. So I love the talent. I think it's a joke that Atlanta still lists him third on the depth chart right now behind Cordero yeah. Patterson and Tyler Algier. You don't draft a running back that high and put him in a committee. You just don't do it. And Atlanta's going to run the ball a lot. Uh, their their offense is predicated on being able to run the football successfully. Uh, so, and Arthur Smith, he's kind of singing for his supper, man. If the, if Atlanta doesn't do well this year, he may he may not be back in 2024. Uh, I've seen Bijan go as high as two in a super flex league. That's probably the latest I've seen him picked, which is right at the start of round two, but yeah, he's a top eight pick. No question. I I don't fear him being a running back in his first year and he's never done it before. I don't care. 
Running back is a position that we have seen time and time again. I mean, you go back in the history, look at what Eric Dickerson did as a rookie. Uh, it, I mean, Clinton Portis, Edgerin James, like I can name a million different running backs who came out and were bananas good as rookies. Hell, Mike Anderson. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not worried about Bijan being a rookie. I, I, I think I have one or two shares of them. It's just I haven't been in a position to really draft them a ton, but um, I, I wouldn't be afraid to draft them. Okay, so let's kind of move over to the second round here. If you're in that like seven, eight, nine, I'll say the middle of the draft, and you're kind of transitioning over to the second round here, I really kind of my hands are up. I've, I'm looking at where I, where I, the players could be in that kind of if you're drafting the mid rounds in the second round. I'm I'm lost here. I need your help. If who would you kind of put your uh, put out for to get in the middle of the second round uh, if you're a fantasy owner in that kind of spot? Because I'm lost. I need your help. So if you're taking Bijan in round one. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go after a wide receiver. I don't think there's any question about that. Okay. Uh, and, 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 you know, you could do like, you know, the whole hero RB situation if you want to, if you want to do that, but you know, middle of round two, I mean, it really depends on the flow of the draft. Like last night I was in the middle of round two and I got him on St. Brown. Uh, I don't know that he's going to last that long, but you know, the, the thing too, is that, you know, I play in a lot of these leagues with analysts and we all kind of know what each other's going to do. Right. I mean, at least mm-hmm. in terms of the foundation of a strategy. So in, in like, you know, they like to call them home leagues or more casual leagues. Like things are different. Like, things are really different. So, you know, uh, there's a players that may last a little bit longer in a home league that won't last as long in an experts league and vice versa. So, uh, but probably like Amon Ra, I mean, I don't think AJ Brown would be available in the middle of round two, but maybe, and, um, you know, Garrett Wilson could be there too. So it'd probably be a player like that, especially if I went after a running back in round one. And he, regardless, even if I went wide receiver in round one, I'm probably going to still try to take one of those guys in round two. I want to talk about Devontae Adams here because I don't like how I'm low on a guy who just put up 1,500 yards last year. He's been one of the best receivers in the NFL over the last couple of years. Yeah. And like I'm kind of scared of taking him, especially in round two. Um, I don't think he makes it to round three no matter what, what, what league you're in. But no, maybe I'm, we're I agree with you. I, yeah. I, and I love Devontae Adams. He is such a fun player to watch. He's a stud. He may be the best pure wide receiver in the league. Like he's, he's just a monster. And, and I get it. You know, like, you know, he came out and said, well, I, I didn't need Aaron Rodgers last year. Well, dude, you had Derek Carr who had a rapport with you dating back to Fresno state. And I and like, actually don't mind Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback for the Niners when Debo Samuel had 1400 yards receiving. So like I just Garoppolo's durability is what worries me. And unless like, you know, Brian Hoyer comes in and plays well, which probably not, or Aiden O'Connell becomes Brock Purdy, if Garoppolo gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a scary proposition. So w- would I avoid Devontae in the second round? No, not necessarily, depending on where I can get him. I don't think he's worth a first round pick. You know, he's 30 years old too, but he hasn't, obviously last year he was amazing. Uh, so I, I think th- there's more risk in Devontae this year than there's ever been since he's become a fantasy star uh, and it has nothing to do with him it has everything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo and whether or not he can avoid injuries. And that has been a big bugaboo for him in his career. Okay. I'm going to, tr- I'm going to transition back to the first round before we kind of get to the middle later rounds here. I got four guys kind of tailing towards the end of the first round Diggs, Bijan Robinson, Travis Kelsey, and Cooper cup. Can you rank those four for me? So I'd have cup first, uh, Bijan, Kelsey and Diggs. Okay. Are you are you a guy that likes to attack tight ends in the later rounds, if you, especially if you don't get yeah, it? Yeah, not later rounds, but so there's a cliff for me. And I had just mentioned it a little bit earlier. I will never get Kelsey because I won't draft him that high. 
I, I typically won't get Andrews, but maybe Andrews, if he falls to the fourth or fifth round, which I've seen in the super flex league, then yeah, I'm going to, I'll take him there. Um, I have gotten mostly shares of Waller and Kittle. Uh, I've got a, a little Hawkinson, but he's going a little bit higher this year. Uh, I've got a little Pitts, even though I try to avoid him, but uh, I, I'm more in that tier. Waller, Kittle, uh, Pitts, uh, Goddard. Those are the guys I'm trying to get. If if there's a crazy run at tight end and one of those guys is not on the board, like in round seven or eight, I'm just going to wait. And then I'll take, you know, David Njoku and then I'll pair him with like Chigakonkwo or, um, you know, Zach Ertz is a good pick. Like, and no one's talking about him. He, I know the knee injury uh, halted his, his season in 2022, but he's going to be ready for week one. And Arizona's got, what Hollywood Brown and like he's arguably like like their most talented player on the roster. Yeah, I mean, but it, you know, there's risk there because you don't know how a 31 year old guy is coming off of yeah. the knee. But like the target should be there, so I think you can wait. There's certain players, tight ends, like the same thing every year. There's always certain players who kind of like could push to be starters. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. Like Greg Dulcich is another one. I mentioned Aconquo. Uh, Tyler Higby, I think. I mean, who else are those Stafford throwing to after Cooper Cup? I mean, Higby's going to be uh, a guy who's going to get a lot of targets as well. So there are some options out there, but that's typically where I even Ingram, I, I I just don't trust him this year. You know, you bring in Calvin Ridley, that's 120 plus minimum targets that are going to, uh, you know, get thrown his way. And Ingram was so inconsistent last year; like he had three or four like huge games, and everything else was kind of meh. So. Uh, even Ingram, I'm kind of like, maybe I'll just pass on him and go with somebody else. I'm big on some young tight ends this year. I like, I love Chicka Conquo in that Tennessee yeah. offense. I think he's going to be awesome. I'm also really high on Luke Musgrave from the backers. Like, I, I yeah. think he's a guy with a lot of tag in the late. Yeah. It's funny too because Don Kincaid's in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. Michael Mayer's in a really good spot. Musgrave's in a really good spot. Um, and, you know, these, uh, Sam Laporte is in a really good spot. But in the back of my mind, I keep remember, reminding myself, rookie tight ends typically don't do anything. Yeah. So I want to see if one of these guys or more uh, can actually break that trend. Okay, let's move to the quarterback position. Give me kind of how you usually approach the quarterback position in fantasy. Um, and then this year, where would you look to attack a quarterback? In the past, I've waited. Uh, this year, it depends on the flow of the draft. Mm-hmm. If I can get Hertz in the third rounds. I'll probably take them. Um, if I can get fields in the fifth or sixth, I'll probably take them or Herbert. If there's a crazy run on quarterbacks. Now this is a standard league, not super flex or two QB. Mm-hmm. If there's a, if there's a crazy run on quarterbacks, I'll wait and I'll just start. I'll keep picking up running backs, wide receivers and a tight end. And um, I, I don't mind going into the season with Dak Prescott and Anthony Richardson as my two quarterbacks or Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins uh, or Deshaun Watson and um, Aaron Rodgers. Like you can pair quarterbacks. There's that after, after like the big three and then you're talking about Lamar and you're talking about Burrow and Burrow's very close to the top three and you're talking about Fields and Herbert and then Trevor Lawrence. Like after that, it's kind of like, Oh wait, I like Lawrence. I think he'll he'll be the breakout quarterback of the year, but mm-hmm. I'll wait. I mean, like people are crapping on Dak Prescott and I'm a Cowboys fan. And trust me, I crap on the Cowboys just about more than anybody. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Dak Prescott has been a top 10 or top 12 quarterback every year of his career, but one when he got hurt. And that year he was averaging 27 points a game. And now he's got Brandon Cooks. He's not a bad quarterback. Like the, the interceptions were an outlier last year. He's typically not that guy who throws picks. I think he just really missed Amari Cooper last year. If Dak Prescott's my QB one and I'm alternating him with Richardson or Cousins or Daniel Jones, like, dude, I'm fine with that. The Dak Prescott thing, I was looking back at his interceptions. I think six were his fault out of all of them. The rest were tipped, dropped. <laughs> like, he, he kind of had some really bad interception luck. It's the Cowboys quarterback. Everyone wants to, you know, crap on the Cowboys. Uh, if you don't if you don't love them, you hate them. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't buy into the narrative. Jalen Tolbert's looked really good in camp. You know, he's got a connection with Cooks that's brewing, you know, with Brandon Cook. Uh, they've got Gallup as well, and obviously CD's a stud. And Jake Ferguson, I think, is going to be pretty good this year. Sleeper. It's no, it's not It's not a coincidence I wore the Eagles shirt, by the way. I knew you were a Cowboys fan, so. It's, listen, <laughs> I, I, trust me, I know where the Cowboys are in the pecking order of the NFC East. So, hey, I, 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 think, I think they are, if I was – if I was to rank the NFC teams, I think I like the Eagles, I think are the best roster, the best team. The Cowboys are right there. I, they, they're the team that scares me the most as an Eagles fan in the NFC this year. Yeah. Uh, trust me, man. <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan. We haven't done Jack since 95. So <laughs> you'll be fine. I, if the Eagles stay healthy, they're going to win that conference. If they stay healthy. Okay. Court back to, back to quarterbacks here. The guy that I'm kind of eyeing um, in the, I don't know if I take him third, I, I could, depending on how you kind of uh, describe him here, but Lamar Jackson, um, I, I want him on my team this year, kind of push me in the direction to draft Lamar Jackson and maybe give me the, the, the negatives about Lamar Jackson this year. And where would you take him? Fifth round, probably fifth or sixth round. Again, everything depends on the flow of the draft and the size of the league. But this is going to be interesting for him. Completely different offense, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he was, he was a, in a run first offense under Greg Roman forever. And now you bring in Todd Monken, who likes to throw the ball. Todd Monken, remember, was the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay the year that Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick combined would have been like the QB3 in fantasy. Yeah, they led the league in passing yards that year. He was, 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 you know, the the OC when, uh, you know, Winston was actually a viable fantasy quarterback. Like he threw a million picks, but he was still a viable fantasy quarterback. And it's going to be a different Raven. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to, they're going to, shackle Lamar Jackson and not allow him to run. Of course not. Like he's still, that's a big part of it, but is he a thousand yard rusher? I don't know about that. You know, they look at the pieces that they brought in. They brought in OBJ. They drafted Zay flowers prominently. They brought in Nelson Aguilar, uh, Rashad Bateman. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like maybe we're, we're kind of over him in fantasy or we're getting to that point. Cause still they have a lot. And then I didn't even mention Andrews. So they've got a lot of weapons there in that passing game. And if OBJ can be, you know, half or three quarters of what he's been in the past, I mean, that's going to be a nice bargain in fantasy drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zay Flowers, he's small, but he's elusive and he's quick as hell. And he's 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 a, he's an exciting, dynamic type of player. I really feel like this is the year where Lamar is going to see an uptick in passing and remember, his MVP year, he was really good as a passer. He had, what, 36 touchdown passes? I mean, he was really good. I don't know if he gets to that point, but we're going to see more of Lamar throwing the football. And uh doesn't mean he can't rush for seven or 800 yards. He probably will. To me, it's all about whether or not he avoids injuries. He's missed four games the last two years, uh, eight combined, because he's been hurt. Actually, five last year. So um, that's, the, that's the problem with Lamar. If he stays healthy, dude, he's a top five quarterback, in my opinion. The mobility is key. 
if you can't avoid the injuries, obviously that's going to be uh, that's going to be a problem. That's the one if with Lamar, can he stay healthy? He's the quarterback I want. I'm so high in the Ravens' offense this year. I, I might take them to make the Super Bowl. Um, I'm debating on them or the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're the, like the most fun team out uh, like outside as an Eagles fan, like to watch this year. Uh, Baltimore anywhere on the schedule. Like I, I want to be tuning into that offense. I think they're excited. Like the Odell Beckham factor, like Lamar Jackson back healthy, the Todd Munkin. Like I loved, I love that pairing, that that relationship there with Munkin and Lamar. I think it's going to be super fun. They're uh, they're yeah. an awesome team heading into this year. Okay, let's kind of dive into the more middle to late rounds here. Who are some guys that you cannot stop drafting in the mid rounds? I have been getting a lot of Rashad White, James Cook, um, Javante Williams, and these guys are all falling into round six, round seven, you know, in that area. Uh, I've drafted a bunch of Khalil Herbert a little bit later on in the draft. George Pickens, I've been I've been grabbing a bunch of him. Uh, Romeo Dobbs late in the draft, double digit rounds. I've been getting a lot of him in the draft as well. Um, I've, I really like Kenny Pickett. I've liked Kenny Pickett for a while now. Uh, if I can get him as my QB two, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. I've been trying to get Richardson, but I think the hype on him is making it harder to to draft him in an actual like spot where he's reasonable, but he's another player that I'm, uh, that I'm targeting too. Are there any backfields that you're just completely not touching? I never say never. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Miami. I took uh, the Devon A-Chain last night in my last pick. I don't really want to have Di- Dolphins backfield uh, pieces, but with my last pick in a 16-round draft, okay, I'll, I'll take a shot on him. Would I prefer not to have Miami Dolphins? Yes. Um, Eagles. I will take Kenneth Gainwell in the 11th or 12th round all day long. Smart man, smart want, man. Do I want DeAndre Swift uh, as my earning back three? Maybe. I mean, I, I don't even know if like Penny. I don't. I don't want him. He's always hurt, and I don't even know if he's going to make the roster. I mean, he might. He's way too high on rankings this year. Yeah, he's yeah. way too high. Yeah, he's yeah. way too high. Um, you know the the situation in. Um, in New York with the jets now, like I, I, I will draft Brees Hall, but I won't draft him until like round five or six. And cause he's the better of the two backs there. But I mean, now it's, you know, would I rather not have to like last night? I didn't draft a running back until I think around five or six. And I took Brees Hall, but I have three crazy good uh, wide receivers and a, a really good quarterback. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go into this, uh, you know, strategy and I'll, I'll take Brees Hall and, and kind of cross my fingers and hope. But um, there's a lot of backfields around the league that are a mess. Right? I mean, like New England's got a little bit shakier when Zeke signed there. I still like Stevenson, but his ceiling is not you know, nearly as good. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. When, uh, when, you know, when you look at some other teams you know, around the league, Kansas City, I wouldn't avoid that backfield. But do I want Pacheco as more than an RB3? Probably not. Uh, because McKinnon's there, and I'm glad Edwards there is still there. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but you know. And, and honestly, forgot I mean, about him, man. I forgot, forgot he's still like kicking yeah. around. And I, I mean, I, I could actually go through a bunch of different backfields that are kind of shaky, and I'm not sure, you know, if I want to dip my toe into that. But um, I, I, I never say never, depending on where a guy will fall. But there are certainly more backfields around the league this year that are really confusing. 
that from one week to the next, we as analysts are not going to know who to tell people to start because we're not in the locker room. We don't know what the game plan is. We don't know who might get the high end. Okay, so starting off into a draft, I'd like to avoid wide receiver threes. Like when you look at a depth chart and you see that they're third on the depth chart, um, it kind of freaks me out. When you get into later like in the league, you can kind of take some, uh, find some guys on the waiver wire for agents that, you know, maybe some injuries are coming up and whatnot. But are there any wide receiver threes heading into week one that you're high on? <sighs> I'm trying to go through like depth charts in my head. And like, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably right. the most popular one, right? But, okay. Right, right. He's hurt. Um, yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he would be a guy that I, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's there's not really like i mean is elijah Moore the third receiver in in cleveland or is the second in fantasy is the second donovan people's jones is is drafted late or maybe not getting drafted at all right uh who's the number three receiver in kansas city (laughs) that depth chart is who knows what's going on i don't even know i don't even know who the number i don't even know who the number one is i mean i'm guessing like right now it's like probably sky Moore. i guess Maybe like Rondell Moore in Arizona, like, you know, kind of take a late flyer on him because mm-hmm. right now it looks like it's going to be Michael Wilson and, and Hollywood on the on the outside and then uh, Rondell Moore and Dorch on the inside. You know, Michael Gallup, I, you know, probably take him uh, late. Tyler Boyd, again, just like kind of going off the top of my head, I'd probably take Tyler Boyd, you know, late as like a, as like a wide receiver five. Uh, Jaden Reed. It looks like he's going to be the three in Green Bay. I would take a flyer on him at some point a little bit later on. Maybe Rashid Shahid in New Orleans. But, I mean, these guys are all, like, just late-round dart throws. Yeah. Okay, uh, one more kind of question about uh, some players here. Late-round sleepers, hit me with some. Guys, like, I'm talking last two, three rounds that you really like that think are kind of getting undervalued here. Romeo Dobbs is one of them, and – I drafted him last night, I think, in the 12th or 13th round. That's pretty late. But I, th- that that league was more with, like, buddies um, and not – I mean, people who know what they're doing, you know, but, like, not not analysts, not sharks. But mm-hmm. most people are not in those leagues. Um, like Marvin Mims now with Jerry Judy out mm-hmm. and no, no with Tim Patrick and the situation with, K- with, with KJ Hamler. Like Marvin Mims now is, like, a guy that you could, you know, grab late. We mentioned Chigakonkwo. He's a guy you can grab later on in a draft. Kenny Pickett, uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell was fun to watch in that last preseason game. I, mm-hmm. I really like watching him play, uh, and I, I didn't have any – I don't really follow college football, so I didn't have a ton of exposure to him uh, before this preseason. I actually played against the Cowboys last year and had a really good game. So, I mean, he's a player that I, you know that I, I certainly will you know try and grab a little bit later on in a draft. Um, yeah, I mentioned Jaden Reed. Um, Jake Ferguson or the Cowboys, I'll take him. Ken Gainwell is still going in the double digit rounds in some leagues. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take a shot on him as well. Uh, the Cowboy Homer and me will take like a last round shot on Deuce Vaughn just for the hell of it. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, I mean, Kendra Miller with, you know, Kamara out for the first three weeks too. Like that's another one. Uh, I don't know how much long-term value he's got, but early on in the season, you know, he could, he could be someone that, you know, we're considering maybe flexing or playing in DFS uh, who'll be a, a, a pretty cheap piece in our lineup. You know, you mentioned Musgrave, Laporta. All those guys are coming off the board double-digit rounds. How uh, So what year is this for you covering fantasy football full-time? Oh, geez, dude. Uh, 20, 23 or 24? 
I, did you expect fantasy to ever kind of take off like this? Like it, it it's uh, it's insane how many I, people are in fantasy now. I didn't even want, dude. When I was trying to break into the industry, I was trying to become a sportscaster at ESPN. Like that's what I wanted to do, and um, fantasy just became became sort of like the avenue for me. And I knew it had potential to be big. I didn't think it'd be this big. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Honestly, the growth of the NFL, um, and I have my issues with the NFL, um, but the growth of the NFL is partially related to the popularity of fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Remember, they didn't. Even, they, they thought it was gambling years ago. They didn't want anything to do with it. And then they saw the spike, people's uh, interest in fantasy football, and how fantasy football fans are the ones who go to your site or go to your channel and stay there the longest. Oh no, it's just fantasy. It's not gambling. You know, like, because now they're saying, Oh, this is big for us. And, um, in some ways it's still the redheaded stepchild, which is kind of <laughs> ridiculous, but fantasy football has been a big reason why the NFL is as popular and as uh, lucrative as it is right now. Michael Fabiano from sports. Illustrated, thank you so much for helping all the listeners win their fantasy leagues. Uh, why don't you plug in where the listeners can find your rankings, listen to you on the radio. You have a podcast where they can read your work. Just plug in anything you want here. So si.com slash fantasy. Make sure you're checking out all of our work. Myself, Bill Enright, Craig Ellenport, Jen Piacenti, who is amazing at player props, by the way, Kyle Wood. Make sure you're checking all of that stuff out. Uh, we have a draft kit up that's unbelievably uh, in-depth. And... Also, 1 to 3 Eastern, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87, Fantasy Dirt. With myself and Lindsey Rhodes, we get into a lot of nonsense. We have great guests on all the time. Uh, We like to, I guess, debate. Uh, I'll say it nicely. Uh, (laughs) I love Lindsey. She's amazing. And uh, that show is uh, every day, Monday through Friday. On Sundays, I'll be doing a show with Justin Fenserman as well during the regular season. Uh, And that'll be kicking off here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I have a new podcast, uh, the Believe Fantasy Football Show, with myself, Michael Fabiano, that you can find wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you check that out. Uh, and also, I'll be doing uh, the Fantasy Football Forecast on Westwood One with Amber Theo Harris. That will begin the first week of the season. So uh, I am out there, my friend. Uh, it, it is it is time to grind, and I can't wait. And at the end of the day, it's all for the people, man. I just want to have people tell me they won a championship because of my help, and that's the that, that's the the, the best the best thing that people can come and tell me. I'm gonna blacklist all the people in my league to list from listening to this one because I'm not I'm not letting them. So if if you're in my league, hit pause or, or hit the X button at the top. But everyone else, thank you. Uh, everyone else, make sure you follow Michael's work. And Michael, thanks so much for doing this, man. You're you're an OG in this business. You're awesome to talk to you. And uh, good luck with all your leagues this year. All right. Uh, good luck in your fantasy leagues. Not so much to your Eagles. <laughs> I don't think you need luck. Yeah, I I think it's a big year. And quickly, Kenneth Gainwell's leading the team in rushing yards, by the way. Uh, Dude, one about. of my bold predictions that was yeah. he was going to lead the team in fantasy points, the backs. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. Michael, thanks again, man. You got it.